This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Quickly, I do want to talk a little basketball. Now, we'll get back to football. Giants playing their preseason game right now. Jets in action tomorrow. Aaron Rodgers is not going to play. So the next time we'll see him on the field will be Tuesday in practice after a rough one this past week. Giants, not that the score matters, but they're up 13-11 against the Lions. Daniel Jones did not play. The veteran starters did not play. Uh, I haven't been able to, you know, watch too intently what's happened, but, you know, we are analyzing what's going on with uh, Jalen Hyatt because, you know, he's had a tremendous camp and he could be a difference maker for that giant offense this season, especially with that speed uh, that they can bring into the fold to help improve what was a a putrid offense last year. Uh, But as far as basketball is concerned, the schedule – is starting to leak a little bit. The Knicks will actually be involved once again on Christmas Day. Sham Sharania tweeted this out uh, yesterday. First game of a five-pack on Christmas Day. Christmas on a Monday this year, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, Christmas is on a Monday. Uh, so you got Knicks hosting the Bucks. You've got the Sixers in Miami to take on the Heat. Celtics, Lakers, always fun. Mavs, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. Now, once again, this season, you're going to get the NFL on Christmas as well. So the combination of the five NBA games, you get three NFL games. So it's just a loaded, loaded Monday, which is bad news for my family. Because I'm not going to be all that engaged into what's going on, which is a bad idea for me, especially with two kids and a wife. But we'll see how that works out. NFL's got Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Ravens, Niners. So on paper, all juicy matchups. We'll see what happens. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders, if he can get healthy and be their quarterback and remain healthy. Uh, but that would be a big game, a big divisional game. Giants-Eagles we know is always fun if you're an Eagles fan. And then Niners-Ravens. Cross-conference, got to root for the Niners if you're a Jets fan because the Ravens could be battling and should be battling for that playoff spot you're looking for if you don't win a division. Uh, But as far as the Christmas Day games are concerned, the Knicks, I'm very interested to see the closer we get to the season what the expectations will be for the fan base. Because it's similar to the Giants, right? Like you win, the Giants won a playoff game. Their fans are expecting them to take a step back and they're okay with it, which makes no sense to me. The Knicks had a pretty good offseason. Locked up Josh Hart, four years, $81 million. Dante DiVincenzo was a a, a great addition. 3 and D guy. Shot, what, 44% from, from, or, or he shot, Plus, shot above 40% from three. He's going to be your best three-point shooter. Can play defense, hit him with the backdoor cut, get to the rim. So that lineup with him and Jalen Brunson in the backcourt, I think is going to be very fun to watch. And coming off of a year where you won a playoff series, beating Cleveland in five games, taking Miami, the defending champs, to six games, could have been seven. Gabe Vinton tried to give that game away at the end. Would have been on your home floor, but you lost that series. But there's some momentum. There is a lot of momentum headed into this year. And I, Emmanuel quickly, going to be up for a contract at the end of next season, has to 
has to respond to what happened in the playoffs before he had gotten hurt. He was awful. So I wonder what the expectations will be for the Knicks in a conference that again is seemed you know same thing we say with the Jets right like it's you know you got a lot it's just a lot to get through. Milwaukee, the team you're playing on Christmas Day, they're the favorites. They return their entire team. They're going to be the favorites. the The Celtics could be right there with them. I think the Celtics got better by trading for Chris Stapps and getting rid of Marcus Smart. And it's not that Marcus Smart didn't mean a lot to their team. He was the heart and soul, the energy, former defensive player of the year, especially at that position. You know, being able to guard opposing wings is is huge. But I think the ceiling of KP, if he's able to stay healthy, and KP, by the way, played more games last year than Marcus Smart. Fun fact. If he's able to stay healthy, I think that increases their ceiling. So you got the Bucks and Celtics, the top of the conference, the Sixers uh, wait, waiting to see what's what's going on with James Harden. Daryl Morey can't be stubborn, and we saw it with Ben Simmons. If he, you can request a trade all you want. If he's not getting the deal he's looking for, he will keep you on that roster until he gets something that he finds to be tasty. And you would imagine that he's looking for an all-star in return. So the Sixers with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, them returning, Embiid the former you know, reigning league MVP, they're going to be still right in the thick of things in the conference. Then you've got Miami. We're waiting to see what happens with Dame Lillard. Uh, the Dame Lillard sweepstakes feels like it's been going on for like five years now. At some point, it has to end. The problem is like this... I'm only going to play for Miami is really putting Portland in a tough spot. It causes them to lose some leverage. So that's that's the, the, the sweepstakes we're waiting to see play out. And if they do get damned, they march to the top of the standings. Having just played in the finals, they acquire one of the best point guards in the NBA to go with Bam and, and, and Butler. They shoot right up there as the favorites in the conference. They lost Struess to Cleveland, lost Gabe Vincent to the Lakers, so that that their depth is taking a hit. But if you add Dame to this mix, that's another team. If you're the Knicks, you got to overcome. So for this season, and I know we're months away, but just because of you know Josh Hart signing his his extension, I wanted to hit on this. There's stability, and you got to like that if you're a Knicks fan. You've you've secured young players, controllable for years to come. And you understand that you're going to need to go acquire a superstar in order to win a championship. You're As presently constructed, you're not a championship team. You need that superstar. But it's a team that you know is going to go out there, have fun, play great on defense. Give Last year, underrated, they were their third best offense in basketball. So if they can continue to be somewhere along those lines with Jalen Brunson leading the charge, you know, not putting as much responsibility, ball handling, and, and being the Julius Randle or bust offense, because that could be a fun team next year. It's just going forward, you can rave about stability and young assets. You're going to need to trade some of these guys to go get, go out there and get a superstar. Right now, it's it's great. But once that star becomes available and it's time to... It's time to go out there and swing for the fences, you have the assets to do it. You you have draft picks. You have young players. 
you just hope, and people think I hate on him, you just hope that R.J. Barrett can come in next season and off the jump be great. Far too often we're waiting for him, you know, second half of the season he starts to play better, and then it's like, oh, see, this is what he can be. No, we need you to, for an entire season, show your potential. So I just wanted to mention that uh, just on the heels of uh, Josh Hart getting that extension. Uh, Low-key, Knicks season, basketball season, not that far away. I saw the Knicks Twitter put out uh, a tweet today about, you know, basketball returning. And I'm like, wow, it's we're, we're, we're that close? October 9th, preseason starts for the Knicks. Not that far. It's actually sad. I saw today that you know today's the last time that the sun is going to set after 8 p.m. Summer has flown by. We're already about to hit Labor Day. I was supposed to take my kids to Sesame Place. It just kept raining every weekend, and then once the the you know the sun was shining, it was working a lot. And now we got to figure out how we can get the kids to Sesame Place. I just don't want to stand on those long lines in the heat, man. I can't do it. I, I grow impatient. I get mad and I'm ready to go. But the summer is just flying by. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Why Drake's not at the concert tonight? What's, what's, what's going on with that? Son, I mean, I don't think that lineup is even big enough to hold Drake. And I'm not, like, the biggest Drake fan, but I think Drake by himself could sell out Yankee Stadium. But to me, like, it's bigger than that. It's We're trying to celebrate hip-hop over the course of 50 years. Mm -hmm. And in getting these artists on stage, what you're doing is trying to tell the story of the genre and how it has evolved and progressed over the course of five decades. Drake is a part of that. He's a part, whether people like him or not, he's a part of the fabric of this genre. So, you know, you get Wheezy out there. Obviously, Wheezy had a big impact on and big influence on Drake. Drake dominated for a decade and continues to do so. He's someone who needs to be on that stage. Would have loved to see him be a part of that. But it just doesn't feel like even if he had been invited, which he probably was, that he would have you know, been able to, not been able to, he would have been interested in partaking in that. Well, I, I agree with you that Drake should probably have been on, even if it was like just one song. Exactly. Come out, just come out, show love. But I, I just think maybe... If I was to choose maybe him and Nikki, who would have the bigger reaction, especially in New York, I think it would be Nikki. Oh, they both. Oh, how about they all come out with with Wayne? All th- all three of them come out represent Young Money. That's that that is for especially our generation and the generation underneath us. That that's a moment right there. That is a huge part of of the history of of hip hop. It is, but I I think the only thing the other thing too to think about is. The generation before us, do they consider Drake like straight hip hop to where? Nah, a lot of people could say he's pop. You know, he's he's a singing rapper. But whether or not you can hate on him, and and I love Drake, you can hate on him if you want. There is no way you can tell the story of this genre without including one of the biggest artists of all time. That's just that's just a fact. And and people sometimes 
are averse to his style because he's not, you know, he's not a hardcore, he's not 50, he's not Nas, he's not Jay, like he's different. But he's still great, and it would have been dope to see him on that stage tonight. Even Hove. I know Beyonce is touring, so he's locked into that. But Hove getting M up there as well, like that that, that just would have been cool. I know we can play this game. There's a bunch of names we could say should have been on that stage, and that, that, that concert would have gone on for days. We could play this game. But I think to the just for the Hove part, it's one of those where you— he did it already, so it's kind of like been there, done that. Like, I know, but just... 50 years, man. 50 years? 50. I don't know. I just, you know, I just feel like Hov would just, just give me the standalone. I got to be the top bill in the pre-show. And I just wish it wasn't like that. I wish we could all come. And it's, this problem actually happens in the NBA, too, with, like, the slam dunk contest. Yankees win 9-4, by the way. Judge hit a home run tonight. He's got a team leading 22 home runs despite only playing in 62 games this year. This happens a lot in the NBA as well with the slam dunk contest where guys just feel like they're too good to participate in something that is for a good cause. It's entertaining your audience. And tonight, there's a bunch of artists who should have, just, who should have decided this is bigger than me. This is about the people who have come before me. This is about entertaining an audience that has supported us for five decades, a genre that people call the fad that was going to die out. And look, we're still here. We're still humming. We're we still getting this pop. And we're going to be able to celebrate this for another five decades. I think it would have been it would have been great. It would have been just, just a cool moment, a, a legendary historic moment if we could have gotten those guys, the Jays, the, the M's, the, the Drakes, Nicky. On that stage. Well, I, I got to ask you. I mean, you, you probably, you don't even have to seen this artist before or have been alive when they came out with music, but what's one artist that you would want to see live and would pay, like, good money to go see? Oh, man. You, you know what the problem is? The first person that comes to mind, I actually don't like him anymore. His music is fantastic. He just went off the rocker. He's a uh, Kim Kardashian's former husband. Oh man! I mean, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's a concert I want to be at because Jay, Jay could, yo, Jay has some just all time music and it's timeless. I could throw any any of his like you go to Apple Music Essentials and you just play that whole thing all the way through, and and you bump it and you feel great about what you're listening to. But then when you think about Kanye and what he's become, just a clown show. I feel guilty saying that, but that's a concert I'd love to be at. I've seen Drake, I've seen Big Sean, I've seen Cole, I've never seen Hole. It would have been dope to see him when he came through for that Watch the Throne concert, but Kanye, I think, is one. How about you? Uh, so I've seen Kanye in concert. It's, he's, I think to me, he's more the stage and the setup, and it's just the whole feeling of the show, but... If I had to pay good money to see one artist, it would be Michael Jackson. Hands oh, down. oh, absolutely! I mean, come on, that's different. No, I, I thought like no, no, all right, no, 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 Michael no, no. Jackson no, is no, like no, not no. even in the conversation because no, I mean, he's on a different level. No, it's obviously MJ because it it gets to that point where who who you choosing? Like it's like that Michael or Jordan debate. Like you you want to go see Prince, you want to go see Whitney, you want to go see Michael. Like it's just that I would probably have a better time seeing Michael than I would. Prince and no, but that's number one for me. I wasn't even thinking about I wasn't even thinking about MJ honestly, because that's just 
Yes, if if you told me you get to see one person dead or alive right now, I, I Michael is is number one and it's not even close. So then, all right. So the, let me. That's do- an experience. That's a that and that's that has such crossover value because you look at like the people attending an an MJ concert, people of all different ages, of all different colors. Like he was just so encompassing. And the the legend that is Michael Jackson, being a part of an experience like that is just something that, you know, you you have to, if you're given the opportunity, be a part of. I feel like I cheated a little. Uh, damn, who would I go see? Michael's that that's that's a tough one to, to argue. Everyone's coming second place to MJ. Yeah, oh, you know who I love to see, and she's actually touring right now. I just mentioned to Beyonce. Oh, I love Beyonce. Yeah, I saw her first on the run. Oh, really? Yeah, it was honestly, it was at MetLife. Was- she gave you the dancing and all that. Taylor Swift ain't giving you the dancing. Beyonce's giving you. And then all these people now arguing who's bigger, Beyonce or Taylor Swift. I mean, stop it. Cut it out. I don't even want to have this discussion. Cut it out. Because it's uh, Taylor Swift is not touching Beyonce. <laughs> she is not even in the same stratosphere as Beyonce. Let's let's be real. She doesn't even have one stable relationship close to Beyonce. <laughs> so she she ain't up there with Beyonce. That she running a different race. I mean, no no disrespect to Taylor Swift and all the Swifties out there listening to the show, but she is not messing with Beyonce at all. I'm going to have a gang of Swifties waiting for me outside the station. Oh, you're going to get wilded on, washed up. I, I should put the address out there, too. Let them know. It was Jacob going at the Swifties. It wasn't me. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ted in the truck. What's up, Ted? Hey, how you doing? Um, You know, I heard you say that the Knicks have momentum going into the season, and I just don't agree. I mean, all they did was re-sign Hart and sign DiVincenzo. I really don't think Giannis and Tatum and Jimmy Butler are really shaking in their boots looking at Jimmy Randall and uh, and Brunson. You know, not for nothing. As long as we have Randall, we're not winning anything. They need to get rid of him. We need to do something else. And I was in an argument with the guy who takes the calls and screens the calls, and he said, you know, what's the solution? I don't know what the solution is. But I know it's not Julius Randle and DiVincenzo, okay? And well, Ted, can I pa- let me pause you for a moment, and I'll let you continue, just to, c- to correct you so that people don't think I'm nuts. I am not yeah. saying that like, when you look at the Eastern Conference hierarchy, the Knicks are in that top tier, so much so Boston and Milwaukee and Philly should be shaking in their boots. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about momentum in the form of, you came off a year that was very disappointing in a 10-team playoff league. You didn't qualify at all. You signed Jalen Brunson. He has an all-star level season. Julius Randle was fantastic last year. And a lot of your young players played well. You go into the playoffs. You beat the Cavs in five. You take the defending champions to six. So that's the momentum I'm talking about. You feel so good coming out of that. What young players besides Barrett played well? Exactly. What young players play well? Because Mitchell Robinson Mitch- didn't do anything and quickly disappeared. No, Mitchell Robinson, I thought Mitchell Robinson, I thought was excellent during the regular season last year, and I thought and I thought that was the best version of Mitch, more polished and mature. Didn't get into a lot of foul trouble. He was a menace on the boards, and we saw that in the Cleveland series. We know what he brings defensively. You can't expect offense from him. That's not his game. I thought he was. Yeah, in the next round, I'm saying. Throughout the regular season and in that first series against Cleveland, he was fantastic. Yeah, he had a better season. I give you that. But I don't know. Quickly, 
quickly, that's the second playoff that he literally was a no-show. I remember when we played the Hawks, Herter absolutely bodied him and pushed him around, and, and he didn't do a damn thing. And then this year, he had one halfway decent game in the entire playoff. Yeah, so, no, in the playoffs, you know, he stunk. I said that, though. I said in the playoffs, he wasn't good. But I'm talking about, like, during the regular season, Quentin Grimes was a guy. What are we excited over? What are we excited over? What? Why am I watching the Knicks this year thinking that we may have a chance? Because we don't. Chance to do what? Win a championship? You don't You don't have a chance to, to win. win a championship. But you I'm don't. I'm sick of the fourth seed or the fifth <laughs> seed or, 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 oh, I'm happy we beat the Cavs. I mean, I mean, do you hear yourself? It's ridiculous. They need to make a move. They need to do something. But I agree with you. I'm not. And all your picks that you've acquired, and get a guy like Shea Gilgis. Get a guy. You know, get somebody. Who do you want? Who do you want them to? Chad. Who do you want them to trade for? I would love to make an offer to the Thunder that they literally can't refuse for Shea Gilgis. That's not happening. Why not? That's not happening. why not? They just drafted Wallace. They have Giddy. I mean, how many points SGA, do they need? SGA is an all-NBA player. Why would they trade him? What do you have to give to them that— So is Randall, according to your call screener. So we have an all-NBA player for an all-NBA player. Come on. Like, it's not—stop it, Ted. I get it. I understand. You're frustrated. And I, look, I appreciate the call. You're frustrated because you feel like you're on that treadmill— where every time you take a step forward, you take the step back. You got to the playoffs a couple years ago, and then you missed the playoffs. Last year, you get to the playoffs and went around. So, you know, what do you expect this year? I'm not saying you should be walking the streets of, of New York City shirtless, celebrating, you know, the, 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 the potential of this team getting to the second round next season. All I'm saying is there's momentum, and you have to feel good about where you are compared to where you have been. And I agree with you. There is going to come a time where this gets old, where, you know, the, 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 the fan base is no longer satiated by playoff appearances or by potential or by, you know, wait till the next star comes becomes available. You want to see it actually happen, which is why what you're doing right now, creating that stability is important. And once you know, the the situation you should be looking out for, or multiple actually, is yeah, what's going on in Milwaukee with Giannis? Because that's an aging roster. You don't really notice it, but you know, Drew, Brooke Lopez is like in his sixteenth season. Drew Holiday is thirty three years old. Chris Middleton, they just brought him back on a three year extension. He's getting up there in age, and he's battled injuries the last couple of years. So if Giannis looks at the, the Bucks situation and says, I can no longer win championships here, he's the next star that becomes available. Joel Embiid's another name that's going to be a hot topic because of everything that's happening in Philadelphia. You know, if James Harden departs and the Sixers once again can't get past the second round, does he become frustrated in his situation? That's another guy. And I, I, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's exhausting if you're a Knicks fan having to listen to this every single year. But, but this is what happens when you get all these high-end lottery picks and you can't cash in. You got Kevin Knox and you've got R.J. Barrett. Like, you're supposed to get stars. You're supposed to get superstars. And you keep drafting guys who are either bust or just very average. I think the only thing that me and Ted agreed on was 
that the Knicks should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton over Obi Toppin. Oh, absolutely. Outside and of Obi's that, another guy who you, you took eighth overall, and now you just treated him away for second round picks. It just, I mean, and I, I understand the frustration from Ted because as a Knicks fan, you know, you want to see your team do well, and we've struggled so much in the past. But two, I mean, I'm not trading Julius Randle just to get a couple guys to just say, hey, you know, we shared the ball a little more. You know, we just got out there. And do you really think, uh, you call Oklahoma City, Sam Presti, their general manager, and you're like, I've got an offer for you. He's like, all right, let's hear it. Julius Randle for SGA. You think he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd never thought of that before. That sounds like a good plan. Let's, you know, let's make that happen. Let's call that into the league office. Are you out of your mind? Like, that's crazy. But, I mean, when you're, when you're frustrated, you're frustrated. It, the problem they're, they're having and why you have to hold out hope for another star to become um, tired of the situation he's in is because you look at their draft history. Uh, I mean, 2020, you take Obi eighth overall. 2019, you take R.J. Barrett third overall. And you just got unlucky there because, you know, Zion and, and Ja went ahead of him. 2018, you took Kevin Knox ninth overall. You could have had like all these guys. You could have had Darius Garland. You could have had Mikel Bridges. You can build an, an all-star lineup of players the Knicks could have had. They just didn't draft them. So I get the frustration, but don't attack me. I, you, I, I, Jacob, I'm typically the one who gets attacked for, for being a Knicks troll or a Knicks hater. I come on here with Knicks positivity, and he's mad at me. I'm not used to being in this situation. I don't know how to deal with that. I mean, I think what you need to do is just come in with low expectations, <laughs> expect nothing. That way you can feel better. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I'm on Twitter right now where you can find me at Ty D. Butler. I don't know if you saw this, Jacob. Rudy Gobert is shooting threes. And they put out a video uh, the caption is, Rudy Gobert is serious about being a stretch five. This would have worked a long time ago. I, I, I don't foresee that all of a sudden this is going to become like a big part of his game. And he's 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 swapping them. I did see the video. I wish I didn't see it. <laughs> like, it just reminded me of that video of Mitch just hooping out over the summertime and they're wondering why we didn't unlock the offense for him. Yeah, right. I saw that. And it's every year with Ben Simmons. They, it, that was my favorite tweet every season. It was like, wait, you know, what are teams going to do if Ben Simmons actually develops a jump shot? And it's like, yo, we, we've been saying this for years now. I think Ben Simmons is also wondering that same thing. So Same thing. By the way, uh, so Steve Palazzolo, hope I'm saying that correct, of uh, PFF, put a video out. Elijah Moore um, was given a handoff as a running back. And went for 18 yards. He says, the Browns continue to feature the former Jets second rounder. I have no idea. I still need clarity as to, to what happened there, why the Jets traded him away. Because in his rookie season, he was their best receiver. He was the guy I was most excited about. And they just gave him away. And I, you know, I understood there was some frustration last season. But the fact that they couldn't figure this out, could you imagine... Uh, Elijah Moore on this team with this group with Lazard and and Garrett Wilson and, and and Corey Davis and Randall Cobb. Elijah Moore is a very talented receiver. The fact that the Jets could not figure that out, oh, 
man, it's it's just it's disappointing. It's very disappointing, and it's another feather in the cap of uh, a draft pick that technically he hit on because this is a talented guy, but you traded him away, so it's considered a miss. It's considered a miss. It's a big season for the Jets. And as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm excited. Sometimes I find myself a little too too geeked up about it just because this could this could go left pretty quickly. We'll talk about this tomorrow. As we've been saying since the schedule came out, it, it's tough. But your team is improved, so the expectations should be high. It's it's weird right now as a Jets fan to be around the type of energy where you know the 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 expectations are as high as you know could this team get to an AFC Championship game? Could they get to a Super Bowl? That that's weird. I'm not used to it. I'm gonna enjoy it. I am going to enjoy this. Not used to it. It's unfamiliar territory. But when you add Rodgers to this group. It makes it all fun. And and I think that Brian Dable is loving that the Jets are getting all the headlines. Hard knocks and paparazzi, and he's loving it. He wants this team to fly under the radar. He wants everyone to doubt them. He wants the Giant fans to call up the Ty Butler show and say, yeah, you know, we'll we'll take a step back. We'll win eight or nine games, and you know that's that'll be considered a successful season. I think he's enjoying right now flying under the radar. He doesn't want the big headlines. He doesn't want the back page of the, of the newspaper. He wants to he wants to quote unquote right now play second fiddle to the Jets, even though you know the Giants obviously occupy occupy more real estate. They have to be loving that. I forget who the receiver was that was asked. It might have been Sterling Shepard, who, you know, the media got a hold of and asked him about, you know, what the expectations are for this year. And he said, we're not just thinking playoffs. We're thinking bigger than that. And once Brian Dable got a wind of that, he shot it down. He said, nope, we're we're thinking about how we can have a great practice tomorrow. He doesn't want this team getting too high on itself, thinking about, what could happen if they get into the playoffs and, you know, things break their way? He doesn't want their minds going there. Of course, internally, that's that's going to be something that naturally surfaces. When you are Brian Dable and you have the confidence in this team that, you know, last year coming off of a road playoff win, maybe this year they can take that next step. Maybe, maybe getting to an NFC championship game. I'm sure internally... That's something he's thinking about. But he doesn't want it to permeate his locker room. He doesn't want it to become a story that the flying under the radar is is how they want to proceed with this operation. And you can't hate on him for that. I'm just someone who is vehemently opposed to uh, a take like this uh, from Connor Hughes on the Michael K show. I think this team will probably win eight games this year. I, I think that's probably where I see them at. I think it's just a very, very challenging schedule. I'm worried a little bit at the depth that they do not have. They're very, very weak in a couple of positions if one or two guys go down. Uh, if they go over eight wins, I think that's going to put Brian Dable again in coach of the year discussion to go back to back. If they went under, then maybe that's a little bit of a setback or, or a greater setback. But if they win eight games or nine games, I, I do genuinely believe, I, I know it might be hard for Giants fans to hear, 
I still think that is a successful season because that's going to set up the stage for year three of Brian Dable, year three of Joe Shane, year three of these guys acquiring talent and developing talent to really take that next step as an organization. Yeah, I'm sorry. I cannot get behind that. You mean to tell me you get to the end of this season. We'll get into this again tomorrow when I'm on from 12 to 3. You mean to tell me you get to the end of the season and you're 8 and 9, missed the playoffs? That's a success? There's no chance. There's no chance. By the way, before we get out of here, I do want to give a shout-out to the 2023 Hoops class. Tomorrow you have Dwayne Wade, Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki going into the hall. And growing up, I was a huge D-Wade fan, huge Tony Parker fan. I, I remember in elementary school, I had, like, folders. You could buy folders of, of, of different people on it. And I had a Tony Parker folder. I had a, D, a D-Wade folder. I, I wanted people to call me Flash when I played ball. I wanted to have the teardrop like Tony Parker. And, you know, just wanted to give them some love. Dirk Nowitzki had an all-time playoff run in 2011, one of the most impressive individual runs in NBA history. And then, of course, you know, I got love for my man Pau Gasol two-time champion with the Lakers, went to the finals three straight years. So, you know, Kobe smiling down from heaven thinking about it. Uh, Jake, it look, Jacob, it looked like you wanted to say something, chiming in on D-Wade and, and, and Tony Parker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those first couple years for D-Wade was probably, like, so influential as a basketball player because just seeing a guy, you know, undersized, even though he was getting up above the rim, you know, he was doing things below the rim that, you know, made you feel like you could do it. Also, that f- – that first year with him and Shaq, and then to come to losing the playoffs, to come back the next year and win the championship, like to me, that will probably live in infamy as like one of those championships where you saw a star player go out and get it every day. Yeah, man. So the the the, the Heat in that finals that lost the first two games, and I I never remember, uh, I'll never forget that commercial. It's like you know, fall two times, get up four times, and you know, Wade. Having that all-time playoff run, getting to a, getting to a Finals MVP, and then of course what he was able to accomplish with with LeBron and Bosh in the four years that they played together, going to four straight NBA Finals. Unfortunately, his body betrayed him, but he's one of the all-time greats at that position, one of the all-time greats in the history of this game, and he's being rightfully honored. What's underrated about him is he might be even one of the best defensive guards of all time. He was awesome defensively. One of my favorite D-Wade memories, actually, is a Friday night uh, Lakers heat, and Kobe hit a game-winning three-pointer over him at the buzzer. Just a floating three-pointer at the buzzer. Bank shot. I can hear it now. Mike Breen saying, he backed it in. He backed it in. One of my all-time favorite D-Wade memories is actually a Kobe memory. Love you, Kobe. Miss you every day. Shout out to everyone who listened to the show today. Hip Hop 50 celebrating in the Bronx right now. We couldn't be there, but we tried our best to bring the energy with the vibes. Big up to Jacob for holding it down as the producer. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN.